Good evening, good evening. Welcome to Lessons by Grace Radio. Tonight is Thursday, August the 23rd, 2018. The time is the time right now is 9.37 p.m. We are on the Apple Valley Studio. We're going to be acclaimed Bishop, founder and overseer. Dr. Alfred Moore, ladies and gentlemen, tonight is our weekly Food for the Soul Bible study session with Dr. Bishop Alfred Moore, who will be preaching and teaching the Word of God. He gives you the unadulterated gospel like no one else that I personally know. He's a major minister. He will give it to you raw and cut the gospel of Jesus Christ the way it was meant to be presented with God's unmerited faith. So for those of you in Radio Land, get out your Bibles and let us follow the journey of learning more and more about Jesus. And again, we're learning these lessons. Guess what we're doing? We're falling in love with Jesus. And that's the best thing we can ever do fall in love with Jesus. Like the song says, that's the best thing I've ever done, falling in love with Jesus. That, that's the true song. For all of you Christians in the world, that song speaks of values because it's you're telling people that that's the best thing you've ever done is fell in love with Jesus. And again and again, time and time again, in and out of time, in and out of season, God is there. He always has been. He always will be. In the darkest hour, who's there? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight I present to you the man of God who will bring you the word of God like no one else can and will. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Bishop, Alfred Moore, God bless everybody and more. God bless you in Radio Land tonight. Amen. It's a pleasure. Amen. To join you once again. Amen. Uh, we thank God for my announcer tonight. Amen. We are bringing you tonight food for a thought. You pray along with me, amen, and get your Bible out like my announcer has says, praise the Lord, when we're going back. Amen to Philippians chapter 2, 1 through 11. That's where we left off last week, and we're going to follow that tonight, amen, because I believe it's very important what Paul was telling the Philippian church. Praise the Lord, amen. That is, amen, passed on down to us today. And uh, we want to thank God for all things that has been done and is done right now in Jesus' name. Oh, it's an honor. It's a privilege. It's to really, really, really know who Jesus is. And if you listen closer tonight, amen, we're going to talk about, amen, who Jesus Christ really is. Paul, amen, uh, in Philippians, amen, chapter 2, verse 1 through 11 let me read you, amen, to try to catch up with, amen, where we left off on last week in your hearing. It says, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels of mercy, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord of one mind. And let nothing be done through strife or vain glory. But in the lowliness of 
of your mind. Let each esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man on his own thing, but every man also on the things of others. And let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and were made in the likeness of a man, in the form, in the, in the likeness of a man. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God has also highly exalted him and gave him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. We, amen, want to talk about tonight having the mind of Christ. Paul is encouraging, amen, these believers in Philippians is to have the mind of Christ. You have been brought with the price, and you don't belong to yourself no more. So Paul is saying amen to the Philippians. I want you to have the mind of Jesus Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I'm talking about born-again believers. Only you being changed and being born again can this mind be in you. It can't be in you, amen, unless, amen, you have made a great change. Paul's amen saying, amen, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercy, fulfill ye my joy that you be like-minded. Having the same mind, let amen. Believers tonight, let us have the same mind. Being a one accord, believing the same thing. Paul, let them know, amen. Don't, don't, don't let nothing be done through strife, fighting one another, envy one another. Don't let nothing be done through strife and vain glory. We as Christians, amen, have no business. Let anything be done through strife and vain glory when we say we have the love of Jesus Christ. And that's why Paul, amen, is saying, amen, look not every man on his own thing, but every man also on the thing of others. Think about somebody else. As I made that statement last week, more than you do yourself. Think of others. And as you think of others, more than you do yourself, the Lord will highly exalt you. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And we want to say tonight, 
amen, that the writer continued to tell us, amen, be like-minded, be like the mind of Jesus, be like-minded. In the first phrase, amen, of his plea, Paul asked the church to think alike. You know, amen, if the church don't have one mind and one accord and that thinking alike, there is division. And the Spirit of the Lord cannot come in and bless as he would, amen, when division is in the church. Together we stand and divided we fall. We must, amen, learn to come together with one mind and be on one accord, especially when we are in the house of God. The only way, amen, this was possible was by their maturity adoption of a common standard. And that, amen, that standard, amen, it was the word of God. We must believe the word of God, all of us, all Christians everywhere. If you read in the word of God, amen, we must come to one common thing, that God's word is true, and we believe the word of God. Beyond that, an individual must be willing to receive the teaching of his pastor. If you don't understand that, amen, you must go to somebody that has been standing, amen, for a long time and been, amen, teaching the word of God, been living the word of God, amen. In other words, they are an example, amen, because when you see them, you see, amen, them standing like Jesus stood when he was walking this earth. He was now an example. I'm talking about a real pastor. The book of Judges, amen, and let us know it ended with a tragedy statement. In those days, amen, it said there were no king in Israel. Man did that which was right in his own eyes. Amen. Because there was nobody to oversee, nobody to look to, man did right. Did everything, amen, that was right in his own eyes. You can't be on one mind and be on one accord doing everything you want in your own eyes. We have a guide, amen. We we have somebody is to guide us. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And be loving, amen, one towards another one. It is imperatively, amen, that caring Christian love be a base to heed within any group of Christianity. You must have love among your brothers and your sisters. Amen. In any group that there is, we must have love. And when I say love, amen, I'm talking about the love of Jesus Christ. And we'll find out, amen, the love of Jesus Christ would not allow us to treat anybody any kind of way. If we have the love of Jesus Christ, it, it controls us. It dominates our human spirit and show forth, amen, that love that he has put within us. Paul clearly declared in 1 Corinthians, amen, chapter 13, that all of the motions are religious are worthless. If they are not seasoned and bounded together by selfish Christian love, 
if we have amen Christian love and, and, and amen and it, and it's and it's not bounded by the love of Jesus Christ and it's selfishly, amen, that love is worthless. If you're going there, amen, just for a form, praise the Lord and saying, I, 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 I love my brother and sister, but in your heart you know you don't, it's worthless. The initial Christian love we receive with the new birth experience is a gift of God, amen. That's what we receive is a gift of God. I, amen, love the people when I didn't know Jesus Christ. But, amen, when I learned Jesus Christ through the new birth, it was a new kind of love that was introduced to me. That love made me do things, amen, that I didn't think some time I had in me to do. And that was love. Everybody. So this is amen, the love, amen, amen, that comes from God. It is a supernatural love. It's higher than the common human emotion and reason. It creates love where hate and envy once live. When you have Jesus Christ, the love that you receive from Jesus Christ, it creates a, a love that you didn't have before you knew Jesus. Well, there was envy and there was strife and there was hatred in our hearts, amen, because of somebody of different denomination, a different way, it's not there anymore. When you love Jesus, you know, you don't see those things. You don't accept those things. And you know, you know, let those things abide in your heart. If you have not got to that point, you have not received really the love of Jesus Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He creates love with it creates love where hate and envy wants live. He gives us the ability to love those we once deeded unlovable. Amen. There, amen. You know, amen. There are people. Amen. We once. Deed is unlovable. We just couldn't love them. Amen. We actually we hated them. But when you put on Jesus Christ, that human love, Jesus Christ's love overcomes that human thought that works in you to, amen, make you look at somebody, amen, funny, make you look at somebody, amen, as though, amen, they was not human. When you put on Jesus, you see human beings. You see man and you see woman. You see God's creation. Think of others more than you do yourself. You let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. It slays the wounded spirit, and it heals the bruise of life. It is the utmost bound in ages between individuals and intellect. It is a miracle from God that enables us to live with others and with God in a peaceful and harmony manner. This love let us live with anybody. Live peaceable with all men. Amen. This love that I'm talking about tonight. 
Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13 and 4, Amen. Charity suffers long and is kind, it's good, it envies not. Charity bought not itself. It's not puffed up. It does not behave unseemly. It seeketh not her own. It's not easy to provoke. Think is no evil. Rejoice not in iniquity, but rejoice in truth. Bearing all things, believing all things, hoping all things, enduring all things, charity, it never fails. It never fails. Charity going to be there. Ah, the love of Jesus will be there in your heart. We have to be united with one another. Third thing, amen, the apostles appear, amen, for uh, 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 for in verse 2 of the second chapter of Philippians was for the church to be of one accord. Oh, I pray in the night, amen, that we can get the body of Jesus Christ is to come to be on one accord. If we can, amen, come to be on one accord, we can cause, amen, some of the evil that is in the world is to be stopped. The Lord will overcome it. If the body of Jesus Christ could come to be of one accord. One of the most wonderful things that can happen is when a church or a group of people become unified in spirit and in purpose. If you can do that, we can be strong. We can overcome. Praise the Lord. Be in unity. Don't see race. Don't see nationality. But see, amen, one another in the spirit of the Lord, in the power of the Lord. Unity. 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 Among diverse is achievable when we have common focus. One link to common ideas is through faith in Jesus Christ and a willing to humble consider the need of others. If we can come together and just, amen, humble ourselves and think of each other, we need to learn to help each other, support each other, believe in one another. Oh, I know we all haven't come into the full unity of faith yet, but amen, we got a common ground. We believe that Jesus Christ, our Savior. The Bible, example, amen, uh, the town of Babylon is, amen, one of the most instructed examples of the power of unity. You know the story, praise the Lord, they were building the tower into heaven. They all, amen, spoke one language. That was powerful. And amen, they would have continued to build a tower into heaven, amen, but God had to intervene and change their language, confuse them, because they could have built their tower into heaven with sin. If a group of people, amen, live with, without regard to God and his will can do anything they imagine to do, what wonderful thing could be 
achieved if Christians were pulled together in perfect unity? What could we do if we just pulled together in unity? All Christians band together and say we're going to believe alike. According to the word of God, we're going to stand together. Regardless, amen, how the force is against us, if we just come together and stand together in unity, look at the power, amen, that can be displayed among this sinful world that we're living in right now. We could chat out some strongholds if the body of Jesus Christ would only come together. It is no wonder that the devil, amen, working so hard to pull those trying to live righteously in different directions. He don't want us to have unity. Amen. As long as we confuse, amen, and as long as we debating and dividing one another, he don't he don't bother. Oh, amen. The minute we say we're gonna come together, he get busy that they may be one even as we are one. That's the prayer that Jesus prayed in St. John 17 and 22. Father, make them one as we are one. We have to be edifying one to another. Edification is one of the greatest benefits of the walk with God. Due to the many adversaries, life deals deals an individual. Faith and zeal can become eroded. While in the midst of the adversary, one may find it hard to believe that God's work is bringing about the best. When you're going through amen, you may not think God's work is bringing about the best. That at, at, at that point, prayer results in strength and the power from God. All things is working together for good right now to them that love us the Lord. And we think, amen, the world is out of order, but all things is still working together for our good to them that love us the Lord. Deep in the heart of an individual is the desire, amen, for the fellowship and approval of God. Amen. We want a fellowship, amen, and we want God's approval upon our fellowship quite so satisfying and personally edified as a knowledge that one has God's approval. Ah, do you have God's approval in your life? Is your lifestyle, amen, that you're living right now, is this approval in the sight of the Lord? Are you presenting your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him, which is your reasonable service? Is your life approval unto the Lord? Hallelujah. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now listen, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ come into this world. And sometimes we call him Jesus Christ and we, and we leave it at that. But he was more than just Jesus Christ. According, amen, to the scripture and according to Philippians, amen, Paul uh, saying in Philippians 2 and 6, 
who being in the form of God, this this man that we're talking about, Jesus Christ, was in the form of God, thought it not robbable to be equal with God. Although Jesus was God, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. A lot of us cannot obtain that yet, but ask the Lord to continue, amen, give you a revelation. Jesus was God. All things was made by him, and without him, there was nothing made that world made. And we beheld the only begotten Son of God, full of grace and truth. He humbled himself. Listen. In this world, in this Christian way, you can't carry no chip around on your shoulder. You can't be a bully. You can't do anything you want to do, amen, if you are in Jesus. If you come under the subject, uh, subjection of Jesus' spirit, you must humble yourself. God bore the humanity and the rejection of the cross. He bore it, but he was God. Jesus was God, and he bore the rejection of the cross. For mankind, while in the day of his flesh, and so done, he set a powerful proceeding for humanity with this undeniable statement of agape love. He showed us some love. He was a man, God, manifested in the flesh, but he came as the son of God. Out of all amen they did to him on Calvary, he, he did not, he, 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 he humbled himself. What I'm trying to get over to you, we are the servants of Jesus Christ. We must humble ourselves to his will. Jesus, he says, the disciple is not above his master. We ain't above, amen, Jesus himself. If Jesus humbled himself, and he didn't try to make no reputation for himself, if Jesus did this and he was God, amen, we as humanity, Amen. Being sons of God, we must humble ourselves. In spite of what they do, in spite of what they say to us, we must humble ourselves. Now the servant above his Lord. The servant is not above his Lord, according to Matthew 10, 24. If a person follow Christ, he should be willing to humble himself as well. If you follow Jesus Christ, you will humble yourself. We got a lot of Christians today uh, say they are Christian. You try to talk to them, amen, and if you don't agree with them, they don't humble themselves. We must learn to be humble like Jesus. Let this mind, I'm talking this mind, the mind I'm talking about, the same mind that Jesus had, let that mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. If one is called upon to sacrifice 
pride or a position in the interests of a great cause, he must be willing to do so. Amen. For the namesake of Jesus, amen. If you got to sacrifice your pride, lay your pride aside. Forget about what people are going to say about you. You are honoring the king. And I know that's hard for somebody to do, but I want to tell you, amen, the love that Jesus Christ gave us was that agape love. That love, amen, is far beyond human love. And when you experience that kind of love, amen, you can lay aside your pride. Let me tell you a short little something happened to me, amen, as I have grown up, amen, in Christian and in this loving way of Jesus, I couldn't stand people to curse me. And if you cursed me before I knew Jesus, you and I were going to fight. And it didn't make any difference whether you were a man, child, boy, or girl. That was just my nature. But when Jesus Christ came into my life, I was literally cussed out by a young lady. And I stood and looked, and I was in jeopardy because I didn't realize I could accept somebody literally cursing me out. And there was no malice rose up in me. And I knew then I had the love of Jesus Christ within me because my human nature wouldn't have allowed that. I humbled myself. And I'm going to say amen. Many more things have happened to me, but that's a little thought I wanted to interject in this lesson. We must humble ourselves in our society that we're living in right now. And if we got that agape love of Jesus Christ, you can take more than what you think you can take. If it calls, amen, upon a sacrifice of pride, amen, uh, for amen, the Lord is to be blessed in your life, lay pride aside. He must be willing to do so. Ultimately, only when he has done for Christ will be sufficient. Amen. Ever what you do for Christ, it's going to last. Hallelujah. My God, my God. Christ, uh, he yielded his reputation. Christ yielded his reputation. The word reputation may simply mean what one thinketh of others. Philippians 2 and 7, what uh, declares that Christ, he made himself of no reputation. Jesus, when he come here, amen, up on earth, he didn't come to earth to try to make himself of no reputation. He didn't come, amen, boasting, saying who he was or what he could do. He made himself of no reputation. This certainly does not imply that Jesus desired to be disliked, amen, just because, amen, he made himself a no reputation, it did not it did not imply that he didn't want to be liked like everybody else was like. 
He has feeling like everybody else had feelings. Rather, it meant that he came into the world without fair fan or high position trying to impress peoples. Jesus didn't come into the world trying to impress people. That was God himself. But he didn't come into this world trying to impress people. Like amen, people today, people want to try to impress you that they are more than what they really are. Look at how we are in a shell at this hour, amen, by those, amen, we don't elected, amen. They try to impress us and we praying for them. That's all I'm going to say. Rather, it means that he came into the world with us, praying for Amen. Trying to impress people with the accountable of the world. A clear meaning of this phrase is in verse 7, is that he chose to elevate his divine call and purpose. He didn't want men to see his fleshly side. He wanted man to see his spiritual side. He chose to humble himself and elevate his spiritual side. Are you humbling yourself and elevating your spiritual side when you're going around saying, I am a Christian, I am saved, I am sanctified? Do men, amen, see your spiritual side or do they see your earthly side? Hallelujah. Jesus humbled himself, and he showed, amen, his spiritual side. He did not come to earth to put on a vain show or earthly splendor. Instead, he came to save the lost out of their deadly sinful condition. In fact, Isaiah wrote, when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire of him. Isaiah 53 and 2. Dr. Luke wrote that he was born in a stable, wrapped in stripes, a linen cloth, and laid to rest in the feed trough. He humbled himself all the way down. He's the one that created mankind, blue-breathed man. And man came to be a living soul, and look how he humbled himself. Two and seven says, and she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swollen clothes, and laid him in a manger. And because there was no room for them in the end. I think about that right now. Is there any room for Jesus in your life right now? Is there any room in the end for Jesus? You got room for any and everything else. Is there any room for Jesus? Will you let Jesus in? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man open, he shall come in 
But is there any room? There is so much going on in humanity life until there is no room for Jesus. But let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I'm speaking about middle-aged people, young people, old people. There's no room for Jesus. This homework, he entered into life on this earth. For the Almighty contained an important lesson for all mankind. A Christian mission is not to impress the world or each other by successful domain. We are not called upon to look good, but to do good. We're not in the fashion business. We're not amen here to just be shown fashion and trying to impress people of what we have. We are here to win souls. He that wins his soul is wise. The writer said, present your heart and not your garment. I don't care how well you're dressing. And God knows I'm not without dressing because I love to dress. But it's not in the dressing. Are you here to win souls? That's what Jesus came to do. The humble enter into life on this earth for the Almighty contained the important lesson for all mankind. A Christian mission is not to impress the world or each other by successful, being successful. A wise truth is found in the book of Zechariah. Zechariah 4, 6, and 7 says, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, thou shalt come a plain, and he shall bring forward the headstone. Therefore with a shout, crying, Grace, grace unto it. The answer of life probably are not far within oneself. But who can help from the Lord which made heaven and earth? Psalms 12, 1 and 2. Christ, listen, we're talking about Almighty God. Christ took upon himself the form of a servant. He took up on himself the form of a servant. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Are you a man? Now, I'm asking a question. Are you taking upon yourself 
a form of a servant, no matter what name that you, amen, God, uh, that has been stored upon you, are you a servant of Jesus Christ? If you're not, you should be. It is beyond human comprehension that Jehovah, the I am, the Lord of hosts, would abide in the body of a man and come as a servant, Jesus Christ. Jehovah, the I am, come down through 42 generations, put on human flesh, and come as a servant. Hallelujah. He come as a servant for you and I. And said these words, the foxes have homes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Matthews 8 and 20, nowhere to lay his head. Jesus Christ lived a common, poor man, but he healed the sick. He ministered to the poor, regardless of their source or finance or their status. He went miles out of his way to reach one dysfunctional woman at the well of Samaritan. St. John 4, 4 through 42. He ate with sinners and fellowship with people of law and sinful estate. He did not even cling of the point people of that day. He served his generation well. He didn't care who they were, how low they were, what kind of problem, what kind of disease they were. Jesus went to seek and to save that for loss. Do you have that kind of love? Do you have that kind of mind today? Or uh, we overlooking the poor. We ride on by them, amen. We don't think amen of them as being human sometimes. That's not the love of Jesus. Christ obeyed. Paul's final point was he became obedient unto death. Even the death of the cross. Philippians 2 and 8, Paul lists the meek, the gold, oriental trade in Jesus, the gold to which as a powerful man inhabit by all the wisdom and ability of God, yet being unselfish, he was humble he was a servant, and he was obedient. Oh, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Humble yourself, amen, this day and time. Let the will of the Lord be done in your life. And sometimes no flesh don't want to humble itself. But in the last days that we're living in, please, children, listen to the Spirit of the Lord. The flesh don't want to Amen, fast. 
The person don't want to obey Jesus, but we must humble ourselves. The obedience of Jesus Christ give us a glimpse of his humanity. It just give us, amen, a glimpse of how humble he was. The humanity of Christ suggested, amen, in yielding to the indwelling spirit of God in the garden, he prayed, amen. He had to go to the garden and pray because he knew what he had to go through with. He knew it was, it's going to cause the flesh something. And he knew the first didn't want to go through it. So he went and he prayed. When Jesus hung on the cross, he revealed his humanity in the statement, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? I was a man, Jesus Christ, was obedient to the Almighty. Regardless, amen, what that flesh said, amen, he was obedient. He was obedient. And that is my cry tonight among the Christians everywhere. Are you obedient to the almighty God? Are you obedient? He learned obedience. There was no sin found in his mouth, neither God, amen, but he learned obedience. He learned to humble himself and take what they were putting upon him as he went to the cross for you and I. Are we obedient today? God help us. Jesus Christ was obedient to the Almighty who dwell within him. The history of mankind packed, uh, packed when Jesus Christ humbled himself and obeyed even to the point of death on the cross. Mankind, eternity, depended on Jesus' obedience to the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Thank God for the eternal benefit on Calvary. I'm so glad that Jesus was obedient. Because if Jesus was not obedient, then I know my soul would not have been saved, or neither would yours. So I'm giving thanks and praise to him now for being obedient. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And because the obedience of Jesus, listen, Philippians 2 and 9 say, Wherefore God has highly exalted him. The word Wherefore indicates that the final reaction of God was based on the first action of the obedient one because Jesus Christ was willing and obedient even to death. He received great honor and majesty from God. His purpose was existed, was fulfilled by his complete obedience. Or oh, if you be obedient, hallelujah. If we can be obedient, the Lord will exalt us. The devil himself tried to deter Christ from his divine mission. And the devil is trying to, amen, deter you and I from our divine mission right now. 
He didn't only amen try to stop Jesus, but he's trying to stop all of Jesus' followers. But amen, the devil, amen, tried to deter Christ from his divine mission. He, he offered Jesus the option. He said, if thou therefore will worship me. I, I look at that today, and I'm looking at he's telling these young people today to expose themselves. He said, if, you, if, if y'all just worship me, I will give you all of this. Showing them the glory, amen, of this world. Telling them, just worship me. And they're falling for it. But Jesus knew who Satan was. And I'm going to say to you, amen, you must learn who that cunning, conniving crook is. He don't love you. The devil, amen, tried himself to defer Jesus from his divine mission. He offered Jesus the option, if thou will worship me, and, and all shall be thine. He lied. It didn't belong to him. The earth is the Lord and the footing thereof. It belonged to Jesus. The temptation. He endured the temptation. He invaded the cross. He endured rejection of those to whom he come to save and suffer humiliation at the hand of those who should have honored him. He endured the suffering. We must endure the things that we're going through for the namesake of Jesus. We must endure. Endure hardness as a good soldier. Amen. Praise the Lord. Don't you give up at this hour. We are faithful through, he was faithful through the agony at Gethsemane and Golgotha. He was a merciful Savior. Even he hung in agony on the cross. Oh, amen. It wasn't easy for him to die, but he was faithful unto death. Be thou faithful unto death, he said, and I'll give thee a crown of life. Faithfulness to God's purpose yields great rewards. Paul's lesson to the Philippians demonstrated the principles of faith and faithfulness. God is with those who trust him so completely that they stay considering faithful. God has Christians for the time of complete dedication, but he is also complete dedication dedicated to each Christian. God bless you. This is Dr. Moore saying, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We love you. Pray for me. Good night. It's in the hands of my mouth. That was amazing tonight, coming from Dr. Moore. Amazing. Well, we love you in Radio Land, and Dr. Moore will see all of you that participate on the show from Great All Nations on Sunday, 1130 a.m. And if you are in need of a church and you're in the greater Los Angeles area, his church is located at 8516 South Compton Avenue, Los Angeles, California, 90001. He fellowships with his congregation at 11.30 a.m. We want to thank you for the Thursday night Bible study with Dr. Bishop Alfred Moore. We always welcome you, welcome you, welcome you to Blessings of Our Grace Radio. 
he did preach and teach the word tonight like no one else can and will on this air. And we also say we bless you once, twice, three times in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. Good night, good night, good night. We love you, and God bless everybody. Bye-bye.